Hey y'all, I'm Tara Shaver with AARP's Office of Volunteer Engagement, and you're listening to The Roost. Today we have Jeff Abramo from our Fraud Watch team here to talk with us about their new volunteer engagement effort, all focused around virtual volunteer engagement with their fraud fighters. And I'm so excited about this because it has blown our minds with how popular it has been already. Uh, they've well exceeded their uh, estimated engagements for the year or their their recruitment for the year. Um, and we are super hyped to get to tell you about it today and talk a little bit more about uh, what they're doing with this great program. So Jeff, welcome to The Roost. Thanks for having me, Tara. So Jeff, let's just start out for those who don't get to know, uh, who don't know you, uh, to get to know you just a little bit. Tell me about how long you've been with AARP and um, what you started out doing with AARP, because this role is kind of new to you. Um, and just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So my name is Jeff Abramo. Uh, my current role is I serve as a communications advisor for the uh, fraud prevention programming department here at AARP. Um, and really what I do in this role is to help develop communications uh, content and messaging and, and really just get our content out to people uh, around fraud, what's happening in the world, what they need to be aware of, uh, what they need to protect themselves from. And uh, my background, though, uh, my first six years at AARP, I served as the communications director for the New Jersey State Office here. And I, you know, I touched on fraud in addition to a number of other issue areas uh, around caregiving, advocacy, a uh, whole lot of stuff. Um, worked with volunteers quite a bit in communities there as well. A lot of community events, um, had some communications volunteers that did all of the really important work that I needed to get done. Um, and I valued them immensely. And uh, then following that, I did a one and a half year stint uh, as a communications advisor with the Livable Communities team here, uh, which is a, another wing of our programs department, uh, helping to sort of work towards advocating for livable communities for all. Uh, so people can stay in their homes and communities as they age. It's been a lot of fun and, and I'm really excited to be here in the fraud uh, prevention team right now because this is an issue that has always been very deeply personal, not only to me, but to so many of our members and, and our volunteers. Yeah, and I know for our friends listening in the States who've been around as long as we have, they know that fraud has always been a top, hot topic, even if it wasn't a priority for AARP at the moment. So um, tell us a little bit about why AARP is now focused on fraud prevention and, um, and really what you guys are doing with the Fraud Watch Network. What is that? If folks are listening who are new, and we have quite a few of those across the country, welcome to AARP, guys. You're going to love it here. Um, tell us a little bit about those things. Yeah, so one of the reasons, the primary reasons that AARP is so fundamentally focused on fraud uh, is just because of the fact that, you know, older adults tend to be uh, targeted by these scammers. Uh, in many cases, they are folks who have worked their entire lives uh, to save up for retirement. Uh, they have a home that they've paid off. Uh, and, and they really are in a position where they may have a nest egg of sorts, but they also are in a position where they don't necessarily have income coming in at this point. So that money is dear, near and dear to them. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of these scammers, they prey on the fact that these folks have uh, this nest egg, they have this money set aside, and they're going to try to engage them and, you know, you know, have them fall victim to scams that sometimes they sound really incredibly realistic. You know, the way that we view it is that our goal is not to stop all the scams and fraud in the world. That's not necessarily realistic, but it's really just to empower and educate people. Uh, the theory is that if we can help them understand what scams look like and what fraud looks like, we're gonna help them 
become less likely to fall victim. And at the end of the day, um, you know, and I'll get into this shortly, but we have two different parts of, of the Fraud Watch Network. We have fraud prevention and we had victim support. The fraud prevention aspect of the Fraud Watch Network really is about saying it's so hard, even with all of the, the, the law enforcement and the technology that we have, it's so hard to get money once it's been lost, right? It's just so hard to do that, especially when so many of these scams originate overseas, uh, places that you can't always get to easily. So the best way to help prevent people from losing money is just to keep them, educate them up front and empower them to know a scam when they spot it. What we say is if you can spot a scam, you can stop a scam. That's something that we try to get out there and project. Um, so yeah, that's really the, the fraud prevention side of it. And that's why we focus on it. Yeah, that's great. And you're, you're right. I mean, I was grinning at, as you said, you know, it's hard to reclaim that money. Yes, overseas for sure. But I know people who have been, um, you know, who've been taken advantage of or have been scammed and have, um, even if you have a court order, for example, you know, I find that people who scam people are not the most fiscally responsible. So right. even if you have some kind of court order to try to get the money back, it's really hard to get anything back for your efforts. So, um, you know, the, the best case scenarios you've had something happen with a credit card and the credit card company mm -hmm. deals with it I think that's the, the best case scenario that I've ever seen so um, and you guys have volunteers who work at the call centers right and um, is it Denver and Washington correct yeah so the the other side of what the fraud watch network is uh, is really going to be about the victim support side um, and as part, one of the key components of our victim support work is that we do have a fraud watch network helpline uh, call centers that are based in Denver, Colorado and Seattle, Washington. And there are volunteers, are the, volunteers are the ones who, when somebody calls the helpline, they're gonna call and say either, I, I, is this a scam? They may be asking about if, whether something sounds fishy to them, or in some cases you have people who have actually fallen victim to a scam and have lost real money and they need help. They need to, they need to know what to do, uh, what are the next steps to take. In some cases, they may just need a sympathetic ear. Uh, and so what we have are volunteers who are very highly trained, really good at what they do. And I've sat in on some of their calls and heard what they do. And it actually blows my mind. I could not, there are some sympathetic stories and there are some people who are in, in tears because of, of what's happened. And these volunteers are so well-trained. They know how to be the, the, the sympathetic ear, but they also are able to do it for a whole day. Um, I'm, I'm just blown away by, by how well they do it and how well they're able to, um, just handle that. You know, they just really, it's, it's, it's remarkable to me. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I feel like that might have been a little bit of the inspiration from what we're about to get to, um, which is some of the other ways that volunteers are involved in our work. Many of us may be familiar with the ways that volunteers are involved in state events, but why don't you hit some of the highlights of um, what volunteers are doing in the states, and then let's get to the juicy part and talk about your digital fraud fighters. Sure. Well, yeah, that's absolutely. I think that fraud work in uh, when it comes to volunteers has been traditionally uh, around state level work, state office work. They're going to be having events throughout the year. Uh, they may um, range from, uh, you know, shred events where people will come and sort of shred important documents. And then in many cases, the volunteers will help facilitate those. Uh, they may do tabling events around fraud where they may uh, be staffing a table um, and helping to sort of walk people through some basics around the Fraud Watch Network and also distributing some collateral, uh, maybe with a focus on state level work. Uh, 
but you know what we're really trying to do and what we've been trying to do and i'm gonna i'm gonna give a shout out to um new jersey my state office because they initially were doing something around digital uh, not digital around fraud fighters that would come into the office and actually do sort of outbound calls when they were aware of some fraud uh situations happening they would actually use a small cadre of volunteers to to make proactive calls to, to state level members and that was sort of always ruminating in the back of my mind how can we sort of activate volunteers in a bigger way than just a sort of standalone one-off event to, to help disseminate information that's really important out there. Um, and so that ultimately led to uh, the, the, concept, the concept and the development of what we call the AARP Digital Fraud Fighters Program. And that's something that I've been working closely uh, with OVE on as well. And um, we launched that I, technically, we started recruiting late last year, but really the official launch was the beginning of this year, and uh, it has been very, very successful uh, as far as recruitment and as far as really getting activities so far, as you as you know. I remember when um, you first came on board and you had this idea and we were chatting about it and you were like, hey, I just want to run something by you because I want to know if this is super crazy. <laughs> and I think Yeah, I mean, both- it's, it's, an, it's an idea. So I toyed with something like this back in New Jersey at one time, but it was more broad and it was around general issue work, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, maybe it could have worked, maybe not, but I think that what I found is that in order to get people to really buy into a volunteer opportunity, it needs to be narrowly focused on a specific issue because what's going to happen is that to get people to really want to connect and engage and, and, and share this information it has to be around something that they're passionate about. And there are multiple issues that I think this could work for. It just so happens we started with fraud and, and I certainly think it was the right one to start with. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And you're, you're right. When you're talking about some of these requests that are a little more ambiguous in terms of sharing information and helping educate people, it really does need to be something that folks can get behind and know that most anything that's going to come their way with it, they can get behind. Um, and that I think that's true for any of us, even there, there are going to be those issues that really either pull at our heartstrings or just really like get our passion juices flowing yeah. and uh, that we are eager to help people with. And I am just so so glad to see the response, although I know it has been overwhelming. Um, you know, let's talk about some of the things that the, the well, let's just, let's back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I may be jumping ahead here a bit, but let's just let, let people know since I've given the teaser, you know, you started out with a goal by the end of 2020 and you were just telling me yesterday that you have blown that goal out of the water already. <laughs> so let's just say when you started out, you had a hope and dream and you said, this is what it is. Tell us what that was and where you are now just in uh, the end of February. Yeah. So, I mean, this was a pilot, right? We had no idea how it was going to go. We had no idea how interested people would be in, in becoming involved in this. And so we, it wasn't even a hard goal, but in my head, I was thinking, you know what, if we can get a couple hundred volunteers this year who are engaged and active and excited about doing this, that's a great start. And it shows that the concept is proof of concept, right? But then it shows we're gonna to have to sort of figure out how to escalate it and, and, and get more people and throw some gasoline on this, right? So that, you know, I was thinking a couple hundred in, by the end of 2020, we're through February now, we're over 500 regular volunteers. And I mean, that has just been incredible. Um, and what's fascinating about it is that, you know, we are doing a couple of recruitment measures. We, we recruit in our e-newsletter that goes out every other week. And we also are working with OBE who's doing some recruitment on Facebook but that's really it. I mean, there's nothing bigger than that going on. 
And it's amazing that not only are people saying that they want to do it, but so many people when they respond and they email us are saying either A, I've fallen victim to a scam and, and this is personal to me. And B, a lot of those people are adding, I want to help fight fraud. Let's go get them. It gives people a feeling of empowerment. Like they can actually help fight back against this, this you know, problem that's blowing up. And I think that that's a great thing. Yeah, that is, you know, every time we do this topic on the AARP live show, we get those kind of calls. We always have a ton of calls. You guys were just on the show um, a few weeks ago and we had, you know, the callers, like you said, are like, or someone almost got me, but I knew that it was fishy and I asked questions or whatever. But we also get those folks who say, what can I do? Like, I want to see change. So who do I need to talk to and how do we help crack down on this? And I think that is also one of the things that really um, sparks this interest. So you mentioned our Facebook ads, um, and those are done through Create the Good. So I was just chatting with my friend Carol Ricks uh, with Create the Good yesterday, I think, and just asking her about, you know, how has that response been? Because she manages the, most of our social media presence, but um, is also over our Create the Good efforts. And just to put things in perspective, she said you guys have had over 1,500 inquiries inquiries mm-hmm. um, since launching the campaign, which again, you know, you started some stuff at the end of last year. But for you to be able to turn in 500 folks, and again, they may be coming in from a few different avenues, but 500 out of the 1,500 plus that you guys have had express interest is remarkable. Um, if you're not aware, for those who are listening or watching, you know, generally our conversion rate is very low, and it's because, you know, people are curious, and they ask a lot of questions, and they may want to check some things out, and sometimes it's just not now, but a lot of times they're like, oh, okay, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. I thought I was going to be directly, you know, I don't know, washing wheelchairs in a nursing home. That's what I thought AARP did. And then they realized that we have all these things going that are so much more active and proactive. Um, And so for you guys to have been able to have this much success so early on with people who really have made a commitment to the work, and we'll get into what, what that means. I think that's our next topic is like, you know, what are the things that our fraud fighters are doing? And what kind of commitment are they making? Because it's really easy to say, oh, someone expressed interest on Facebook, and all of a sudden, they're a volunteer, Mm -hmm. but it's really more than that. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So one of the reasons that we, we really developed this as a volunteer opportunity for folks is that we knew people were doing this already. You know, a lot of folks online are, we're already sharing our content, already talking to people about what they're seeing. And what we wanted to do was sort of take that sort of base level of work that we knew existed and sort of incentivize it by sort of offering them, we, we send them a welcome kit that includes like a tote bag, a t-shirt and some important reading material around it. And um, we also sort of give them sort of exclusive access to a bunch of stuff. I'll talk about that a little bit later. But but what we wanted to do, though, was we wanted to sort of incentivize them to sort of just up that a little bit more and become an official sort of member of this community, right? And so, and all they really have to do is just keep doing what they're doing in most cases. So what they're doing is generally sharing our content, uh, whether it be our biweekly watchdog alerts or information from our fraud resource center, Uh, some of the breaking news that we may be putting out, some of our social media content, Uh, really just anything that we put out is relevant and game to be shared uh, with the people they care about. You know, the idea being people see something, they have a natural inclination to say, oh my God, I want people to know about this and help potentially protect them. Uh, My friends, my family, my neighbors, my community, um, people tend to have 
you know, sort of a, a little, everybody has a little bit of a hero element in them. They all want, and, and that's a good thing. I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, everyone wants to feel like they can do something great and empowering. And, and we want to tap into that because frankly, everybody can. That is so true. And I, like you said, one of the worst things I think about knowing if you're dealing with the scammer or a con artist or a fraudster, whatever you want to call them, is that feeling of helplessness. And uh, even when you see those stories, right, you feel like, well, what can you do? Um, and I'm so excited about what you guys are doing, because I've seen this work on a community level. And I don't think I've had an opportunity to share this with you yet. But there are some local scammers. These are real people that folks see in our community all the time, but because of the growth of Nashville, they haven't quite realized, um, they've realized an opportunity and they're seizing it because they uh, can tell their story many more times um, yeah. and get, you know, take advantage of people who just don't know any better. Well, some local uh, citizens took to Facebook and they created a group to stop this local scamming because it was really uh, becoming a problem in many of our communities. And these folks weren't staying in just one area. They were all over the place and they have been able to not only mobilize businesses and individuals and people who are shutting this down so quickly that it yeah. is amazing to see it come together and I feel like that's the kind of power that we have through what you guys are doing with the digital fraud fighters so you know tell me if somebody wants to become a digital fraud fighter like what is it that they need to do in order to um, take those steps to become official yeah so I mean really all we're asking is, is you really need to have steady access to the internet and to email, um, ideally a comfort using social media, um, but really beyond that, just a, a desire to be active, aware, um, and willing to share the content that we're putting out there. You know, really a commitment to saying, you know, at least a couple times a month, I'm going to forward an email. I'm going to, uh, you know, talk to somebody about it. So the thing is, it's digital, right? But not all the work needs to be done digitally. So for example, there are a lot of, some of what we do is on social media to, to be uh, frank. And I know that a lot of folks aren't super in love with social media these days, and that's okay. Uh, we intentionally structured this in a way so that yes, we do a couple things on Facebook and we think it's great to forward this stuff on Facebook. And we absolutely ask that people share it on Facebook or Twitter if they're on those platforms. But we know not everyone is, so there are so many other ways that people can be sharing this. Uh, there are some community sites like Nextdoor and Patch.com. Those sites we actually just recently did a training on how to use, and that's something that we certainly will be covering again regularly. Um, we love Nextdoor. I mean, I'm on Nextdoor. Um, the way that works is you post information, and everybody in your community will get that information. Uh, every town has their own Nextdoor site. It's a great way to share information. Um, other options? Forwarding the email to other people, you know, if everybody who gets an alert or watchdog alert from us forward it to two or three other people. That's great. Um, print it out, post it in a town hall, a church, a community center. Paper still works, you know, the number of two or three people read that piece of paper. That's great. Um, and really just, you know, print it out, share it with family and friends, talk about it at the dinner table, you know, anything that you can do to sort of spread awareness and, and grow the footprint of this information that's all that matters. And like I said, those are five or six resources that don't even involve social media. So while we love social and I think it's important, it is certainly not the only way to participate or be involved.
Yeah, and that you were, gosh, I had not even thought about the opportunity. Um, next door, it, like, okay, I know that's kind of the, the way that folks are, um, it's the modern way that people yeah. are staying connected to their neighborhoods. But, you know, Neighborhood Watch programs and ours has a great presence on Facebook, but I think about how many of those people also have block captains who maybe are not. Yeah. So they have a couple of key people in the neighborhood who could also easily disseminate that information out to a larger area, a larger community. And that is just, that's an awesome awesome way that this has that domino effect or that trickle down effect yeah i mean there's also another one called uh nixel now nixel is a nixel. platform used by many uh local municipal governmental agencies and now that's not going to be something that you can directly use but you can forward this to those officials and if they feel it's a significant enough localized threat yeah. they'll potentially use nixel to get that out there as well so Again, there's a lot of ways now with the technology we have, just as there's a lot of ways for scammers to try to take advantage, there's also a lot of ways that we can use that technology to try to fight back in our communities. Yeah, that is so awesome. So we've talked about all the awesome stuff. Let's talk about some of the challenges you've had as you've had this overwhelming success so quickly in the new year. Um, what are some of the challenges that you guys are facing? Are specifically probably you because i think you're the main uh, well, <laughs> the main cheese holder look so i'm not somebody that i'm always looking on the bright side of things i think that the only challenge i would say and this is a very good problem to have is just how quickly it grew right so this is something that we thought we'd be able to sort of um more gradually ramp up and you know what we're not we are in up to our neck right now and you know what that's fine because i know how to swim i actually really don't so that's a bad analogy. But the fact is, um, you know, we're in it now and people are engaged and they're excited and we are adjusting accordingly. We are adding uh, some additional support folks. OVE has been great. We're developing new ways to sign people up that make things a little bit easier, more streamlined. So, yeah, I mean, if people really enjoying it and being into it and wanting to participate as a challenge, then that's a challenge I'll take every time. But other than that, though, I think that it's been, you know, really exciting. And um and, 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 you know, the other challenge might be that I just, people are sending me scams left and right, and I have to figure out how to get them out there. So, yeah. good stuff. Yeah, and that's just a, another shameless plug for the Fraud Watch Network website where you can report those scams. So, yes. again, we've got folks who may be new to AARP, and this may be a learning opportunity for them as they're listening to us chat today. So, um, you know, people, we really uh, encourage folks to go and report these kinds of things that they see in their own communities, and um, and you can be quite detailed, and it, it helps populate a map, which is really, really awesome. So, Okay, so if somebody wants to be a, a digital fraud fighter and then they're ready to do more, how, and first of all, has that happened yet? And secondly, uh, what is the game plan if it hasn't yet, you know, for helping get folks connected to doing? Yeah, so we just rolled out a couple months ago and the goal initially for the first few months was to just sort of get everybody socialized to sort of the activities that we have um, for two reasons. One, we want them to feel comfortable in the, the role as it currently exists. But secondarily, I think that we didn't want people to feel like we were creating a program with the goal to be to immediately spin them into doing something else, because that's not what we're doing. If people want to be digital fraud fighters and enjoy doing it, we want them here for many you know, years, if possible. This is a program we see sticking. But that being said, we do want to create opportunities for people who maybe they find that they're really connected to the fraud um, content and they want to do more. One of the things to keep in mind is that a lot of the digital fraud fighters are folks who maybe are working full time. Maybe they don't have the opportunity to attend 
local events, uh, evening events, weekend events, maybe they have kids or other family obligations. And so that's, this is a great fear for them, but maybe their life situation changes at some point, maybe their job changes. And, and so the point being, if they do down the road, want to do more, there's a couple things we're looking to do. One, within the current structure of the digital fraud fighters program, we're going to be at, at some point in the next month or two, starting to roll out some additional leadership opportunities. Um, there need to be, there needs to be, in my opinion, volunteer leadership on this program. I want volunteers really owning it to a large extent. So that's going to be something we move towards down the road in, in the not too distant future. There are also some specialized roles within uh, the program, such as people who are going to be really focused and, and pigeonholed on, on watching our social platforms for people who are reporting scams or reporting uh, situations where they were personally victimized. And we want them to sort of have, be able to flag those for us and even respond and direct them to how to get help. That's something we're going to be rolling out down the road. Um, there's a couple other things like that. But then beyond that, um, you know, there is an idea that as these people become more and more socialized with the content, we'd like them to give them the opportunity if they're able to do it and they want to do it to actually connect with state offices who are the ones who are working really on the ground, uh, doing the events, doing the engagement events, the shred events, the education events and the presentations on the ground uh, and assist in those ways. You know, there might be some opportunities and I'll let states figure out what they need, but you know, obviously states do presentations, they might need help, you know, presenters, uh, speakers, bureau type folks, they might just need people assisting at the events. That's something that we're looking to roll out later in the year um, and, and give people the opportunity to do that. Yeah, what a great way for to have some extra event support by having people welcoming or helping, you know, just be ambassadors to the event itself, especially when they've had this experience of really knowing all of the information. In some cases, they may be more um, informed than some of our, our folks are because they've been solely focused on this effort. So that's awesome. Yeah, I think um, it'd be interesting because it'd be a different kind of pathway, right? So you have a lot of volunteers yeah. that maybe... Uh, work with states on a number of different things and and they certainly care about the fraud issue but maybe they're more generally trained and then you have folks and who don't uh, who aren't as trained on doing events but know the fraud stuff really well and they could probably teach each other a little bit so that's another opportunity I find that's always great fun for folks when they get to meet up in in kind of in the heat of the excitement um, for those events and activities, especially if it's one of the larger events. Yeah. Um, and it does often lead to more collaboration because they've been able to work together on something. And as you said, share, share their experiences coming from two different angles. So if somebody wants to sign up to be a digital fraud fighter, how do they do that? It's very easy. There's a couple different ways, but I'm going to focus on the easiest one because uh, it's the easiest. And that is just email us at fwn at aarp.org, FWN for Fraud Watch Network at aarp.org. Just email us, say, you know, put in the subject line, digital fraud fighter, just say you're interested in doing it. And what we'll do is we'll probably, we'll have to get some additional signup information. We'll get you into the system. And once you're in, you will receive a welcome package, like I mentioned earlier, which contains a tote bag, a t-shirt, uh, some really important publications that are going to help protect you from day one and help inform you from day one as to some of the scams out there and some of the tactics that are used by these scammers. And uh, then you'll be on our list and you'll start getting invited to our monthly teleconferences. Uh, you'll get an invitation to our private Facebook group, which is optional. If you're not on Facebook, it's fine. Uh, as well as some other emails that'll come uh, from time to time. Great. Thank you. So again, that's FWN at AARP.org. And if you are like some of my volunteers, the first time that we brought this topic up, they thought we were saying frog wash. It's okay. The letters are still the same. FWN at AARP.org. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. Can you imagine washing frogs as I'm glad that our color is green. <laughs> That's great. Okay, so Jeff, anything else you'd like to add? Is did we cover everything? I mean, I think we got most of it. I just think, you know, this is we're really excited about this. I think that this is something that is really going to give potential volunteers a new avenue to, to engage and to work with us. Uh, people that are passionate and people that are committed. Um, and I think it's going to, you know, create an opportunity for them to potentially do more down the road. I think that everybody who volunteers, we're encouraging them to share the opportunity with friends and family because it's something people can do together, yeah. even if they're not together. Um, so yeah, we're excited yeah. about it. We, we're, we can't wait to see where it goes from here. Yeah, thank you so much. I, I am also excited if I haven't mentioned that a, a hundred times already on this call today, uh, because I just see so much opportunity in my own life um, with sharing some of our AARP resources that really weren't available to us before digital was was the primary way that folks are staying in touch with, you know, what's going on in their communities and in the world and where they're looking for resources. I know I've been able to share the Fraud Watch Network resources and materials um, in my own community as well as in some broader groups on Facebook. So maybe I should email you to become a digital fraud fighter. Absolutely. More than merrier. That'll, that'll get me hooked up with the fraud watch swag that I said, I was like, I'm missing the branding. I don't have the appropriate branding for today. So we'll send we'll something your way. Okay. It has been so lovely to chat with you. I have to applaud both of our doggies who have stayed quiet the whole time we've been talking. They <laughs> have. She's pretty good. She's sleeping, I think. So Yeah. <laughs> Willie is, uh, has, has walked around with his bone for um, the last 15 minutes or so trying to find the right place to chew on it. And he's finally found that at my feet. So he's being a nice, good boy. <laughs> and uh, guys, thank you all for listening and for watching if you're tuning in on YouTube. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.